0: Fantastic. Thanks so much for that, Tanya. Any other information that filters through punters in relation to Queen BN and Warren, we'll let you know. We're also racing at Donald this afternoon. Nine races there at Donald, the first at 12.30. So you'll catch all those three thoroughbred uh, racing meetings on Sky Sports Radio. New South Wales Greyhounds. We've got Nowra at uh, just after 6 o'clock as a New South Wales meeting. Bathurst, a mid-afternoon meeting. Maitland tonight as well. So there are our meetings. We've got uh, Bathurst, uh, Nowra, and also Maitland and Harness Racing in New South Wales. We are racing at Newcastle this afternoon, the first there at one i I'll firstly say good morning to Glenn Munsey, who returns to punters post-mortem on this Monday. G'day, Glenn.
1: Good morning to you Dave, good morning to all the listeners and I'll say good morning in advance to Chris Roots and Gator. Lovely to have Gator on the show this morning. Uh, Dave, just getting back into it, first day back at work today after, a, um, seems like, well it's never long enough away is it? Uh, seven days, uh, should be, not like some, seven weeks or seven years or whatever. But uh, <laughs> no, we're back. One thing, I am don't have to water the garden uh, since I've been away, I know that. Tell you what,
0: we uh, have some I- rain. I, tell you, I also want to touch on this too. A fair few people have been commenting and, and flicking sort of, you know, some messages here and there saying, um, uh, Dean Lester, uh, what's what's happening with Dean? Dino? has been crook, which has been highlighted. I know that he uh, he spoke to Melbourne Radio, uh, to, to Gareth Hall on RSN about uh, his, his current health. And I flicked him a message the other day. He is on the mend. He is improving. And as soon as he is right to come back on the airwaves, Dino will be back on board. So, um, we're really looking forward to having Dean back, but obviously health comes first. So when Dean is right to go, he will be. Um, he'll be back, uh, and looking forward to a big spring ahead with Duff Munns and of and of course uh, Dean Lester. Uh, Chris I just Reeks goes from... to show you,
1: Dave, the yeah. respect that Dean Lester is held in yes. by not only racing um, hierarchy. Uh, and you know, high end trainers, owners, jockeys, whatever, but the general public, uh, you know, Dino is the genuine man of the people. Uh, he's a very, very unassuming and um, man, Dean. He's a very, very, very good judge of horseflesh. Uh, but it just goes to show you uh, the, the, uh, the effect he does have on the listening audience because they, they, they want his opinions. Um, because he's made them a great deal of money over the years, not casting any aspersions on Gator that we'll have on later. And Gator will be the first one to tell you the the high regard that Gator has for Dean Lester and everyone uh, that does any sort of racing work whatsoever. If they don't hold Dean Lester in high regard, well, there's something seriously wrong with them.
0: Mm. Yeah, well said, Muns. But yeah, that just wanted to give everyone an update because some people were saying, "Oh, what what happens? Is is everything all right with Dino?" Yes, he is on the mend, and as I said, he'll be back as soon as he is uh, he's right to go. So, say good morning to Chris Roots and then David Gately. Firstly, Chris, uh, yesterday afternoon, some wonderful news coming through from the uh, Jockeys Association. Well, when I say wonderful, better than what we had been receiving. Uh, Leah Kilner moved out of ICU. Uh, tube removed, breathing on her own She's always also been showing uh, positive signs Acknowledging her family And Alyssa Meredith of course here in New South Wales uh, Is sleeping. Uh, obviously sleeping a lot But is aware of her family Showing positive signs um, Unfortunately um, Ioana down there is still critical But is also stable uh, in Victoria So some positive news coming through Yesterday afternoon Much better than what we were receiving earlier in the week And I think that, that is uh, fantastic And hopefully those three girls can keep fighting mate
2: yeah, and this time last week with Leah, was we were really praying, weren't we? And I think the prayers of a lot of people have been answered there. She's um coming through. Let's hope, let's hope we um see her out on the track again. It's it's too early to know whether that's going to happen. But it was a tough week, wasn't it? The, the start of last week for for everyone to do racing. I think we take stockies for granted sometimes, and they are just um, people who we need now to realise that they can go to work and not come home and that's really sad. So um, great news from those two two apprentices and um, we look forward to, to seeing them back at the races eventually and hopefully back in full health more importantly.
0: Well said, Chris. David Gately's joining us this morning on Pundit's Post. Great to have the Gator back on. We see him regularly on Sky Racing 1 with Andrew Martin and, of course, Brad Davidson. And Gator, um, I think uh, Munn's hit the nail on the head when talking about uh, Dino there, mate. And as I said, it is great to have you back on.
3: Yeah, that's right. There's, there's no bigger fan than, than I. So, um, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, Dino. I'm hearing really good things that he's on the way back. So, now looking forward to uh, today, mate, and dissecting what was a, a couple of really nice meetings.
0: Certainly were. Let's start, um, and I might come straight back to you here, Gator. About we'll start in Sydney because I want to start uh, with the winter stakes and Taxu and Jojo was a man. There was a little protest thrown in. I know where I was watching the race at Club Rivers. There was a big, big roar at the for Jojo was a man. They were they were they were roaring at home. What did you make of the winner of of Taxu and and how the winter stakes unfolded?
3: Yeah, well, we're used to Taxu running along at a really strong speed, aren't we? He was able to. Um away with about three lengths below sort of listed average there on Saturday left the rail you'd have to think um, all opinions are valid of course but for mine Jojo was a man was was the best run in the race covering a lot of ground ended up back inside Taxu and just missed I think had the protest been upheld I think that would have been unfair so I think the right decision was made there and Chief Olsen he was well back he's a really good wet tracker one of the best wet trackers probably in, in the country but um I think a moderately run 1,400 relative to the class. just 40 him done. He didn't quicken as well as the other other two, but was sound to the line. I think there's, a, there's another win in him soon, though.
1: I, I, I haven't caught up with a lot of the races, blokes. That guy's been away, but please tell me how a Melbourne horse started favourite in a Saturday Sydney race.
2: <laughs> Martin's Good, on this, yeah. I, I, I was on panel the other day, and I was... I play, I I use the Glenn Munsey playbook, you know, Melbourne horses coming to Sydney out of benchmark company into listed Racings, leave me out of that. It actually ran a really good race considering.
0: Yeah, it did. Uh, And the horse that uh, beat it down in Melbourne, Lyrical Lad, it went, we'll talk about that Caulfield run of it a little bit later on. But just on um, Chris, Jojo was a man. You mentioned Reese Jones last week. Um, He. He these last two weeks, he looks very determined to to achieve something big in the back end of this season.
2: Yeah, he's close to a hundred wins now. He's closing on a hundred wins. The second time an apprentice has done that. Um you've got to go go right back to Malcolm Johnston at and, and Wayne Harris to find an apprentice that's had a hundred wins in New South Wales in consecutive seasons. That's what this achievement's like. He's been held back to the city. If it wasn't for COVID, I'd say we'd be having a thrilling um, Apprentice final weeks of the Apprentice title. Like I think, I think it would have lifted Tyler Schiller up, and I think Reese would have been really challenging him. He's just got a too big a gap, um, Tyler, for to be run down now. It's 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 going to be it's going to end up about four or five wins, I'd say, at the end of the season. Reese has been riding really well. He hadn't had a he hasn't had a black type win, win yet. And, um, on Saturday, he had a pretty good chance there, but realistically, he got, um, I think they all got t- taught a lesson by the old man of the um, jockey's room, Dylan Schofield. Dylan is one of the best jockeys on a front runner you'll ever see, and what he did in this race, if you looked at Taxi's last run, he went and rolled in front and let him have his head. But with the conditions a little bit more testing, he took control of him and, and held him back. And he even admitted in the post-race, post-race comments that he, he might have overdone it a bit, but in the end, he had enough in hand there there to win the race, and I think if he rolled, he would have been a sitting shot for something something to come come late. so he rode the race, to win the race and and got the job done and it, and that's that's the beauty of having an experienced jockey who's who's been through it all before, and that's why Glyn Schofield should be getting more rides in Sydney.
0: I did speak to him last week, and he, he did, you know, you could, you could almost not hear not frustration, uh, in, you know, the, the, the fact that he can't, you know, get a full book of rides, but he said, look, ready to go, I understand, obviously, it's a very. Competitive jockeys room, but you're right, Chris. Um, he proved there why he has been um, regarded in the in the top of a game for a long, long time, and and why he's held his own in that city jockeys room for a, for a long, long time as well. Gator, just on on what the boys were saying there, they you know always cheeky about Melbourne horses coming up here and being favourite. Where did you rank Chief Alton? And and also from when you're assessing the race, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, but pre. Pre-jump, were you thinking, well, gee, I can't actually believe this horse is favourite, or were you thinking that Caulfield run prior, this, this horse is right up to, to Sydney Racing?
3: Yeah, so, look, I'm still yet to miss a winner post-race. I'm batting at 100%, so <laughs>
0: it's
3: a fabulous strike race. Um, before the race, is a, le- a little bit harder. Um, look, I tipped him on top. I thought, given his uh, the section was able to run behind Vizanari, who I think is a stakes-class horse, in Melbourne, uh, on wet ground, was exceptional. Um, my little knock on Saturday was just staying at the 1,400. I thought he was looking 15 1,600. Um, and when the speed wasn't as, as dynamite as I thought and he sat up close, I was a little bit more nervous. But, look, he still ran well. I mean, he beat a lot of good horses home. Uh, Oscar Zulu, um, I i a good time for her as well. So, uh, look, he ran well, um, but wasn't in front at the end of the race. So uh, those that uh, risked him were, were right
0: couple of texts on the text line here on Punters Postmortem this morning with Glenn Munsey, Chris Roots and also David Gately. Um, Chris, Matthew Kelly uh, is, is a young men, uh, gentleman, trains now in Canberra and he's got this horse I've been trying. I have to apologise. I was saying uh, Keely last week when I had him on the program. It's Matthew Kelly. This horse is a, a serious animal. I know it was well-backed when markets first opened. I think it opened around 4.60. They were quite keen to back it straight away. It's now two from two you know, since the, uh, the Wagga run, so um, since we last saw it in May. And a horse that, you know, post-race, he was saying country championships, where we, we want to go to the top of the mountain.
2: Yeah, and um, Matt and his owners from Cooma, Gee, no wonder it was well backed. I think think half of Kuma probably was on it. So um, it was it was just one of those wins that you know it's a highway win. Every time a horse wins a highway, they 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 have something to dream for now. They they have a have the Kosciuszko and they have the country championships. Whether he'd be up to the those old hard head country sprinters that that are there already is in you know, a Kosciuszko is what they've got to weigh up because you can go back. And set yourself for the country championships, and make sure you 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 have a crack crack at that before you go into a Cosi Oscar. I think with progressive horses, they've got to be truly outstanding. I think it's me was truly outstanding. It probably was a group or a group group horse going into that right going into the Cosi when it won it. But mm. when you when it comes down to it, the progressive horses do find it tough when they step up the Cosi. So maybe a country championships is more realistic with him and. But he's a very nice horse, and they're going to have a lot of fun. And as usual, that Robert Carnival throws up a good one.
0: Mm. It, it certainly was a uh, a nice win, wasn't it, Gator up the inside? And I like the way too. It um, correct me if you think I am wrong, but how he almost uh, didn't have Hawley's momentum stopped coming around the turn, but did take a bit of a little bit of a weaving sort of passage there from Ellen Hennessy's rider, and he sort of uh, he built up those revs again. And and once he was at top top flight, he was too good.
3: Yeah, that's right. It's certainly the, the right horse. One, absolutely. I mean, I know he had a two kilo advantage on on running bare. There were little gaps behind. The time was useful, you know, relative to all averages, which I think is a really good place to start when lining up the highway, because it, it, it's challenging lining up form wise. I think the clock, you know, doesn't necessarily uh, lie, Um and he's done a good job because he's able to, to run one twenty eight three on a heavy nine, so about three lengths above all averages. So. Not many of the highway winners are able to do that. So I think he's, um, he's uh, you know, it was quite impressive. It has some scope as well. Uh, just having a, a look pull, at his record, guys, done, he's, had, he's
1: had seven starts now uh, for four wins. Uh, at the interesting point in time, he's had three trainers in seven runs. Um, I'd say this would be one of his part owners, Stephen Johnson. There's a Mr. S.W. Johnson in the ownership. He had him originally and passed him over to David Kelly, which is actually Matt's father. Mm. Uh, then it went back from David back to Stephen, and then Stephen back to David, and then David on to Matt, uh, and Matt's only had it for the two runs, winning at Wagga and then winning at Randwick. It was an interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think. It may have even been Cameron Crockett when. Don't forget, Monica won the Highway at Rose Hill recently. He said horses with highway form run well in highways. Now, now Gator, when you're trying to, you know because it's very, very difficult. You know, they come from all points of the compass when they come to a highway. Do you look at that sort of... um, uh, ability of a horse to handle the highway situation rather than coming from you know benchmark 58s and 60s all over the, the country? I know uh, Paul Joyce, when when he was here, and Duff's the same, they look for any sort of city form, whether it's midweek form, uh, benchmark sort of 72s or whatever, when they come to a highway in town. But is it a good rule of thumb to say if you can run well in
3: a highway, you'll always run well in a highway? Yeah, look, I think to some extent, uh, yeah, so there's two things I sort of look at. Certainly, any sort of Metro form stands out, like in bold print to me. Um, outside of that, which doesn't happen too often in fairness, uh, you want to either be running well in them or have running well against horses that run well in them is a good line I like to draw. And obviously the, the clock's always there for us as well. So we do get some sort of um, guide and their ability to run. Uh, the times that'll measure up... Um, Hasn't been an easy task for punders. Um I'd love to know the overall average price winner of the highways, but um, uh, it's, it's a challenge that uh, we look forward to every week, and uh, those that were with I've Been Trying were well on the mark because, um, yeah, I thought it was quite dominant.
0: Give us a call, 13.53.53. 53. Uh, Chris Roots mentioned uh, Cooma there. The reports are that one of the owners of uh, I've Been Trying busted their shoulder after the celebrations. I'm not <laughs> sure if that was... Uh, there's no video footage of it, but um, looking forward to getting to that part of the world too. In relation to the Kosciuszko. of course, we're going to be doing a bit of a tour in late August. months. that um, that Kosciusko market. Obviously, we're on letting everyone know about the tickets. Uh, plenty of people are buying their tickets. You, the the was are on the weekend at uh, Club Rivers. What people were doing with exactly uh, Club what Club we've Rivers seen State, in the past. My local. Yeah, I was at Club Rivers in their, their new TAB area down the bottom, mate. It's fantastic. stuff. but what people were doing was they'd have a win. And then I actually, you know, people would be buying their tickets with a bit of the winnings. Um, so they're very you keen to... You duck over
1: to Mike's Bar and Grill and have something to eat. It's outstanding
0: food there. Mike mate. was there, mate. Mike was there having a uh, having a gander and he told me about his new venture down there at Cronulla. So he's a good man, Mike. But yeah, what $10 about... dollars snitty night. I think it's 10
1: or $15 snitty night there tonight if you're, tonight? If
0: you're coming back, yeah.
1: All right, okay. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll just up on the, the railway station day, at yeah,
2: Ribble Dave,
0: you, you we allowed you down here. Are you gonna come back down and sort of yes. settle down here? Yes. No uh, to settle yeah. uh No, well that's where that's where the better half is from. She uh she's born in Oatley, down that way. When oh. and whatnot, Lugano oh. way, so well, you're speaking to the king of Oatley it's, now. I know. No, well, I that's what I said. can't afford to be there, but Chris is the king of Oakley. <laughs> so, anyway, tell us about this Kosciuszko. Let's get back on track here, Muns. It's Kosciuszko. a 26 <laughs> chance, Dave.
1: Uh, I've been trying. Now, once again, you'll go back and, and this is going to be the talk all the time. Have there been any ads for the Kosciuszko uh, tickets? Or There's any?
0: been plenty. There's been okay. plenty, Glenn. Um,
1: <laughs> This is what you'll hear all the time. A horse wins a highway and you'll say, oh, Kosciuszko, Kosciuszko, Kosciuszko. What you've got to realise, these... Horses that are wing class two highways. What was it on Saturday? Was it a... Class three on Saturday. It was a class three on Saturday. Um, You know, that's all well and good saying they're going to the highways, but just uh, going from the highway to a Kosciuszko. But just have a look at the horses that are at the top of the market for the Kosciuszko. They're all Saturday horses in town. You know, front page, another one, Art Cadeau, far too easy. Even a horse like Moe's Crown, you get down to handle the truth. Those sort of horses there. So these highway type horses, they've got to go in. You know, $26 is probably a conservative price, realistically, for those. Like Sunrise yeah. Ruby, I noticed she resumed on Saturday. Testator Silence, he's won a couple of highways in town. He's a $15, $15 chance. And then you go to horses like, you know, Cavalier Charles, just to, you know, for points. Uh, I've been trying. And Saturday's win at $26. So it's a tough step up from, you know, a Class 2, Class 3 highway into a race
2: like the Kosciuszko. And Man, what you have got to remember is, you if the horse doesn't get a slot, you don't you get your money back. So oh, well, you're, yeah, you're betting, you're, you're you're betting us- with some protection. You're betting with some protection there. And the other thing with it is, I think the tab's still recovering from when it's made E one, and they put it up a hundred to one. And a, a lot of people got the hundred to one, and they they probably don't want to they don't want to put up a hundred to one about anything that might come out and w- win the race again.
1: Well, she certainly bucked the trend coming from a highway to be going on to win. Uh, the Kosciuszko, but uh, you know she's an exceptional uh, galloper in that situation.
0: We're going to take a break, boys. 9.27. We're also going to open the phone lines. Give us a call. thirteen fifty-three fifty-three. When we return, we're going to duck down south. We'll chat to Gator about some of the uh, the more bigger races there on the card at De Caulfield on the weekend. Red light blinking. We're
1: ready?
0: ready. Ready. The Ramorny Handicap and Grafton Cup, time honoured country classics dating back to 1910. Racing
4: in the Ramorny.
0: More than a century later, these iconic races are firmly entrenched as winter highlights on the New South Wales calendar. This is Dave Stanley. Can't wait to head north and share in the magic of the Grafton Carnival. I'll be there on Wednesday for the Ramorny and again on Thursday for the Cup. Hope to see you there. Racing HQ, live in Grafton. Sky Sports Radio. Always
1: thought owning a racehorse was too expensive? It doesn't have to be. Patriot Bloodstock offers racehorse shares for syndication at an affordable entry-level price point with fixed-price training fees. Our horses are country-trained, and whether your horse wins at Wagga or Ramwick, the thrill is the same. We've had great success sourcing quality horses that won't send you broke, and we love first-time owners. Check out what's available at www.patriotbloodstock.com.au.
0: Patriot Bloodstock, an authorised representative of Stable Connect. AF licence number 33696. Winter racing just got cozier. Introducing the Winter Chalet at Royal Randwick. This stylish, alpine-inspired retreat is the hottest ticket in town, with live music, eclectic winter cocktails, whiskey tasting and memorable menus, all against the backdrop of thrilling racing. Winter Chalet tickets provide all-day access into the stables and ATC members reserve. It's a great way to experience being a member for the day. July July 23 and August 6 at Royal Randwick. Book now at theraces.com.au.
3: Thinking about your next build or renovation? WideLine Windows and Doors has all the planning tools at your fingertips. Their website is full of inspirational ideas to make your project a success. Advice and tips to get you started. Even a colour selector and window planning tool. Plus, free online quotes are returned in 48 business hours. Just upload your plans or tell them what you need. Easy. There's never been a better time to take a closer look at the WideLine Windows and Doors website. www.wideline.com.au
4: you're listening to Sky Sports Radio
0: and
2: Punter's Postmortem.
0: It's 9.30 on Sky Sports Radio. You're on Punter's Postmortem this morning with Glenn Munsey, Chris Roots and David Gately in our Melbourne studio. And Gator, as I come to you, the Sermonis Stakes we saw on the weekend as a feature there at Caulfield and Philip Stokes and Daniel Moore combining um, with a mare that I thought pretty well first up, Maliva.
3: Yeah, she's a really good fresh mare. She's only ever been beaten once in her life when she was fresh, and she ran second that day um she didn't win by a lot but by enough uh, she certainly had the right run uh, just that, off that um genuine speed with with a nice trail good run through the field and uh, job done time uh useful you know quite good in fact relative to um all averages about seven and a half lengths above so um as you'd expect that class of race to be against her own class uh that being group three i think it was wait for her overall time is about four lengths below average there. So, um, yeah, good return.
0: What about uh, the run of Darylina Bell for Matt Smith? This is a horse that we've seen up here in, in Sydney, and hes that's one thing Matt will do. He's quite keen to, to travel horses to Melbourne um, if he finds a suitable race, and I just can't believe she she won. No, she
3: she was 100 to 1, I think, on the turn, to my eye. I was, I was with her, and um, I thought, well, she can't win from there, um, and not many do but uh, she was able, able to produce a finale that's um, pretty exceptional. Look, I know it was only a benchmark 78, but all you can do is beat who's there, and the clock, again, doesn't lie. I mean, she's come home 34-8 was 12 lengths above average, and her 11.72 last 200 was not only the fastest of the day, she was the only horse to break 12 seconds home all day um, mm. that last 200 sectional. So, a fabulous win, no matter how you slice
1: yeah, it. Yeah, it was extraordinary. Well, Dave, um, she was in the day that they called the races off at Rose Hill the last, well, it's only two Saturdays, it feels like a month ago. Um, And Matt was on the radio on Saturday morning and he was saying how well she was going but he was very, very concerned if the track did deteriorate. Well, she was one of 3,000 late scratchings on the day before they actually called the races off. And it was interesting to note, he's evidently just taken her down there uh, to look for a better quality track, albeit it was a soft seven. She'd run at Caulfield uh, two runs ago. So um, so how do you think the track being a soft seven there on Saturday to better than that because... Or was it... What had what it happened? Had it been downgrade or had been a soft seven all day or, or what had happened?
3: Yeah, no, it held a soft seven. I think they were um, they were expecting four to eight mils. Now, the Bureau, first time in their life, I think they got it wrong, um, was about... Uh, we got about 15 mils. So sort of double what they expected. You know, fancy having a job where you've got to predict the future. Hard work. Um, but uh, look, <laughs> I think a soft seven... I was on the radio on the Saturday morning, so before the race. said, I think a soft seven's OK for her. I think any worse... And you'd be looking for um, for uh, others that are, she probably might find it a bit sticky. But, um, look, she got through it well enough. And as I say, if you're producing that sort of speed at the end of the race, you've handled the ground, clearly.
2: Mm,
0: very much see, so.
2: That track on Saturday, Gator, was it... Um, of course, it can be really firm. Was it like a firm soft that they could get their toe in, but there was a real firm base to it?
3: Yeah, look, it was pretty testing, I think. Um, you know, a lot of the, the riders were saying that it was quite sort of... You know, genuinely testing ground. The track, the track had a lot of traffic, um, and that um, that extra uh, extra rain, if you like, inverted commas, uh, it brought a few undone. You know, including the Spruce Horse inundation. I don't think he got through it at all well. Um, so I, I'd be a bit forgiving on those that were at the top end of the market that were that were beaten a fair way. I think um, we can overlook a bit of that because we don't see ground that that testing too often uh, at Crawford and Flemington, especially.
0: What about the track, uh, Chris, in Sydney? Obviously, it was a heavy night. We knew we were going to be playing on a rain-affected surface, but what was the feedback coming through from the jocks throughout the day on, on how Randwick was playing?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've come to expect Randwick, it's got such a good cover of grass and and uh, it doesn't tear out, which is really important, which gives a fair, a fair surface. Horses don't handle it. If they don't handle it, they don't handle it, and you just got to put a line through them and say they're not wet trackers. But that was as good as we can expect on a Saturday from from a track that had been absolutely smashed by rain all week. Um, fortunately, it didn't rain on the day. Um, I was speaking to Mike Wood before the races. He said it's it's genuinely deep ground, but it's 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 even in that. They actually had to wait to Friday to mow it, so they got the mower on it on Friday. So he took the took the took a couple of inch, couple of centimetres off the top of the grass, which was Good, and the jockeys were just coming back, and they are saying some were coming back and saying, "Well, the horse didn't handle it." Well, that's going to happen on a on a wet track with with a number of horses. So, I think you've just got to you you've got to factor it in, and you know, I think we've got used to betting on wet tracks in two thousand and twenty two because um, I don't think we're seeing too many good ones.
0: What about uh, the first race, uh, Chris? I'll come to you here. Um... Gallant star. I've got a comment from Gator as well. We obviously spoke last week with Kerry O'Keefe. There was a lot of chat about uh, Brett Robb. Maybe just, look, you did a feature piece in the Herald on Brett Robb. We're going to chat to him later as well on Monday's Experts and hear more of his story. But you were blown away by by, by chatting to him on Thursday night, weren't you?
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's, an, interesting, it's an interesting case study for trainers. Like, he um he worked in the railway. He's he's his old man. Uh, uh, Rodney's a really good trainer out west and has um cleaned up the picnic circuit and around that area for a long time. He used to break the horses in for his dad, and then um, dad decided he'd go on a on a on a on a trek up north. Couple of take a couple of months off, so he went in and took over dad's yard for a while and did that, and then went out on his own, and now he's gone from Ningen to Dubbo and the The startling thing about him, if if you look at the state premiership, he's, had, he's in the top twelve in the state premiership. He's a, he's the best country-based trainer in, in 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 New South Wales. He, he's you know he's ahead of people. He's ahead of a, some some city trainers. Like he trains winners, and one of the things I've I, I always take into account with trainers that trainers train at a certain percentage, no matter what sort of horses they've got. If you if you're a 15, 20, 15% trainer, you train at 15%. You might have a good run, go up to 17 but the way you prepare horses brings and the way you place horses brings them through at that level, I think he's training about 22%. So he's probably a trainer that when you see his name in the book, um, give it a couple of an extra tick because he, he knows what he's doing. He's a real horseman which we don't have many of anymore and he's got a nice horse Gallant Star. I don't think it's the last time we'll see it in town and I don't think I think next time we'll see next in the next couple of runs in town we'll see it winning. Yeah, Mm, twenty
1: point five five percent, Chris. Five fifty-five and a half winners from two hundred and seventy runners, a million and thirty-four thousand eight hundred and fifty-five dollars in prize money. Um, That's not
2: bad for being out in. No, uh, say that again.
1: And and I tell you what, congratulations to him for bringing his own jockey to town. Yeah. uh, On Saturday, he he stuck with his
0: man Clayton Gallagher and who um, rode well too. Yeah. Voted well, Uh, and and backs up today at Warren with, uh, what, two, four, six runners or six rides of the day at Warren, and goes to Gunnedad tomorrow. How do you think the form will be, Gator, Um, just on sort of, you know, early post-race assessment of that that, uh, two-year-old race, considering it's late in the season, midnight in Tokyo was was well coming off the speed? Yeah, the
3: winner was impressive, Um, I think a colder ride was the key there. And uh, got the good run through and, and finished too well. So I think it, it was probably a case of all honours winner. Um, both True Crime and Gallant Star certainly had had their chance, but what they did do was beat fourth. Okay, and that was Athletica, uh, who had some decent form lines. So did Troach. So there's certainly something to work with um, on the clock. Um, well, they ran near identical time to Conscript. Now we have to also mention they went a lot quicker the first section of that race, though. Um, and if you're looking at um, average times, you know, two lengths above average, the winner. So certainly not nothing through the roof, but um, some merit on the clock as well there for sure. All
2: right, we'll jump the to was, race the race. The, we'll the winner was a stakes. The winner was a stakes stakes placed horse as well. So you know the the lot. And if you look at the it's she's a belter form. Well, it wasn't much better two year old form come out of Brisbane. So you can you can sort of sort of say these these horses might be a little bit better than average. True Crime had won well. Get yeah, the provincials before that and um Gallant Star was pretty good put out in the country. So I think they're frank their form and they're both forces that you can follow with a little bit of uh a little bit of um confidence going forward.
0: Very much. So let's talk about Waihaha Falls, Gator. Uh visually very impressive. I know the boys on the punters panel on Friday were Simon Lenoppulos were saying this is the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. Um what a return this horse has, has had. I know it is winter form, but he's putting away it's just his turn of foot. It's extraordinary.
3: No, exactly that. Um, No, an an outstanding win, and look, not many spot them seven and win by five. Uh, It Mm. doesn't happen all that often. You can watch a lot of races around the country, and we do. You don't see that sort of thing too often. So, I know he only had fifty-two and a half. We have to factor that in. As you go up in grade, um, obviously the tempo tends tends to increase. Uh, You get into races that have sort of set weights, which um, is another challenge. But uh, no, it was he was the win of the day. probably as good as any winner around the country. And there were some big ones, you know, with um, a couple in, in Doomham were outstanding. Uh, Uncommon James, Delphi, those sort of horses. But um, he probably has the title of the winner of the day. And he's run about 10 lengths above average. So it's his second win this prep. Um, both of them huge on the clock as well. Jeez, I
1: just, Chris, uh, <laughs> I just had a look at it. I thought he must have been hiding in the drive through at the Donnie. Um, <laughs> he just... just um, it's, it's like he... he he just joined in when they they turned for home. Um and this is one great thing, guys. And you're wondering why you know, I said I hadn't watched any races. I'm sitting here with racing New South Wales up. When you mention a horse that run on Saturday, I'm just clicking on it uh from the results and just having a look at the last four hundred of the race and wow, we what if mm. it just fair to go went unbelievable. Chris, I well, you, they...
2: you, what... you have to you have to have a look at the first the, back to the six hundred when it was when he just pl- placed it three wide and said I'm on the best horse in the race and yeah. And wrote it like it wrote it like it was gonna gonna win by five. So it was one of those it's one of those wins where you just go. I think I said uh, we, we we said on Friday this is might be the best horse that, at Randwick. I think it showed that it probably is. And um, where it goes from now, well, it's, um, John O'Shea, speaking to John O'Shea, he he said, "I hope the handicapper remembers that only had 52 and a half and a half and doesn't." absolutely smash it in the ratings because they would like to go for another 88 and then take it slowly they're not they're not in any any hurry to get into open class yet so if it goes around to another 88 I think you'll be you'll be taking tomato sauce about it
4: yeah well
1: you'd say if it goes up 3 uh, 6 ratings points which is normally average that's another 3 kilos in an 88 so that's 57 and a half less the 2 55 and a half and well uh, he did win by. I'm having a look here, four point six eight to be approximate. Um, so the three kilos, you wouldn't think would be that great an effect on it.
2: Yeah, that, that's the only thing is, uh, like John pointed out, he said when handicappers see wins like that, they they sometimes get excited. Those like punters do, and you might get eight or ten. So they he he, he he's just hoping that they they let him let him have a, have another win and get another win through the grades before he has to take on those. That step up to um, open class, and that's probably one of the biggest steps out of benchmark company into open class. You've got to be pretty good to take take that step, step. Usually,
1: yeah, he'd gone from a seventy-one to a seventy-seven on the back of that win in the uh, the first up win, so he went up the standard six points there. So there's no reason to think he shouldn't go up six points again. Now, Dave, you're getting ready to go to Grafton.
0: I am, mate. Uh, first Grafton carnival. Any tips?
1: Uh yeah, well my first was 1962 Dave uh it's a 60 year anniversary of my first uh Grafton Cup and my mother has got an unbroken record of 60 Grafton carnivals in a row and uh, I tell you sure. what yeah you probably give Mike Beattie a ring in about five minutes Dave because the fields I think will be out yep for the well especially we're interested in the the Ramorny on Wednesday the Cup on Thursday but those barrier draws are done at 11 o'clock this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything will be ready and the great thing about the the Grafton Carnival is all of the fields for Wednesday and Thursday come out on Monday so you can start to attack uh in uh, the form and uh, there'll be big big fields. I tell you what did cause a bit of controversy uh this uh South Grafton Cup yes with um with the 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 city trainers with the horses there and uh, and the like but that that's the situation that, it, that it's going to be if you just because you're a city trainer it doesn't mean you don't have a country owner or you might have a you know you might have a city owner that could be going to a carnival mm. and say I've, I've always wanted to have a runner at xyz carnival you can't just leave them home in their box
0: but it no. is the i know like last night there was plenty of chat and i was getting tagged in things saying you know oh, will we be talking about this? And people saying, oh, they won't talk about it because they'll get sacked or whatever. I mean, uh, what what what's your feeling and opinion on it, Chris? I mean, I that's the rules. That's what's in yeah. place. So you, no one's breaking any rule.
2: Yeah. So I think what people have got upset about is there was an article, I think in February, about Chris Waller saying that I'm um, – I'm a city trainer. I don't want to go to the country country races, country races and go, go to the country. Now, people are taking that too literally. It's, you know, um, Chris has got a business to run. He's got owners that, you know, they want to run in a big dance and they want to run for $80,000 in prize money if it's the best place for their horses to be. I know he had seven in it. He took three out. Um that's probably where. And you didn't
0: win it, by the way. I, I, I didn't, yeah, didn't trifecta the race. It was and actually. And the favourite and, yeah. was actually won by three, the Waterhouse bot team.
2: He took three out, and that's been happening for a long time in the city and things like that. It's not ideal. They can't. All they could do is, you know, add a couple more emergencies if they think this is going to happen because they are probably horses sitting at home in their box that should have been in the race. That's. that's I think people are. Rightly agitated about that because um, there were six scratchings by Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning. Like so, already yeah, you'd run through all the emergencies. Um, I know they had twenty in the field. I don't know how many saddlecloths they've got there at um, there at um, Grafton, but maybe you've just got to take it right out to be twenty-four, so everyone gets their chance if people want to take their horses out. Because it's your prerogative to nominate and scratch if you if you want. And maybe in these races they've got to do it like group races, and you've got to pay a fee. You've got to pay a fee to scratch. And mm. That might be a, be a way to uh, deter someone just putting a horse in there and then scratching. But in the end, um, we've got a we had a Sydney Saturday class race at Grafton on a Sunday, a race that um, in the past was you know just a opening to the Grafton carnival. It's added in another. Great day to the Grafton Carnival. I think I'd love to know how many people turned on to watch that race and how many people had a bet on it. The ride by Renona Coston, she just she pulled their pants down. She went that slow from the from the 800 to the to the 600 to about the 500 that nothing could come from behind her and beat her. So um, well done to, to her. Well done to the Waterhouse team. But, you know, people are pointing out, oh, China Horse Club, you know, they put a lot of money in, that, and that horse is at that level where it's going to be in races like this. It's not, it's probably not a group three, group two horse, but it's good enough to be winning open class races on a Saturday in Sydney. And and that's what this race was. And it should be the one thing I'll say about these races now. And I'm very big on this. If you're going to, if you're going to, if they're going to be so important, they're going to attract fields like this. They should be 150,000, just like the Saturday races in Sydney. there's two things, reasons why you do that. One, and punters hate this, they pay an extra premium on the race fields, so that that will um, go back into that meeting, and it should be like the Everest and races like that, where they put all the money back into those race meetings. Put, say, we'll put these meetings up, and if you get, if they make a lot more money, put that back into that meeting, so that maybe there's a. Forty thousand dollar maiden for country horses, or fifty thousand dollar made maiden for country horses, that gets another horse, another horse, and reward the country country trainers with a with a race of their own, in their own area. Like there's only there's only so much, but they've got to be smarter about the way they do it because in the end, these races are now going to be targeted by city trainers, and they they should should return something to the country areas and and to the country trainers, and if that means running a couple of country restricted races. We'll do
0: that. And I know all figures...
1: It was a a country showcase meeting yesterday. So I'm looking at, once again, looking at the results here. So each race is a $30,000 race. Looking at the maiden, uh, I didn't see... There was a maiden showcase plate there, 1,400. Oh, Matty Smith had a runner in that. I was going to say, was it a a country only? Um, Looking at the other race there, there was a, a class one showcase... A thirty thousand didn't see a, a metropolitan runner. Annabelle Neesham and Maddie Smith both had runners in there, but they do on normal uh, country showcase days have country only races. Just looking at the holds, which is everything when you consider this this race on the New South Wales tote on the wind tote held eighty uh, was it eighty thousand. Um eighty thousand four hundred and ninety seven dollars. Was that New South Wales? I hope it was. Um the nearest hold on the same day was the last race, which traditionally will be your bigger holding races.
2: It held forty six. Right? That'll Every other race in the day held less than forty. That'd be everyone in back to surf dance are playing their winnings up like the the thing with it is and eighty thousand on the tote. Who knows how much was bet through bookmakers? We don't. We never get to see those figures or or get a report on what they are. So we don't actually know how. It's like a state secret. Trying to find out off racing New South Wales how much how much money they're actually gathering from this. But what we need what if they're going what they've done here they've created a they've created a beast that's going to drive turnover and it should be returned to the areas where the, the turnovers turnover has been driven from. So if you could give. Grafton and um, some extra extra money during uh, during their during their off season and things like that, where give the country trainers something that they can they where they can only get the money and not have to fight with you know your Chris Wallers, you go Waterhouses, um, your yeah, Annabelle Neesham, who so we all went up there with horses and and I think that that would help a little bit and because let's face it, you're not going to find too many horses up there that that are good enough to take come to Sydney and run in open handicaps on a Saturday. So um, I know people are pointing out, oh, this race used to be this. Well, this race has changed, and what that's what the big dance has done. It's changed a lot of these races, and we've just got to we've got to accept that, but we've got to find a way to give back to the country areas in some way, shape, or form.
1: And, and well, we've, well we've had the Kosciuszko now for a few years, and the conditions of the Kosciuszko have changed year on year because they've tinkered with the way that horses are now eligible to run in the Cosigosco. It has to be in the care of a country trainer for 12 months. Yep. Right? This is not to say that the conditions of the Big Dance. This is the first time the Big Dance has been run. And I'm I'm not 100% sure whether the absolute conditions of the race are 100% set in stone for this year. Uh, because you are uh, even you win these races or run second. You are not automatically into the Big Dance. You are eligible to run in the Big Dance. You don't automatically qualify, right? So that's another case in point where you have a look at these horses that are winning because uh, the Big Dance becomes a benchmark race. So you know a horse may may run second in these in these races, uh, and it won't get a run in the in the final anyway because its benchmark won't be high enough for it to get get into the race. But the fact that you know that the country. Uh, City trainers are taking horses there. Well, there's Grafton. There's an $80,000 race. You've got Chris Lees, you've got Annabelle Neesham, you've got Chris Waller. They've all got satellite stables at the Gold Coast, right? Chris Waller provides the majority of horses in races past 1,600 metres in both Sydney and Brisbane metropolitan racing. So there's a race there, a 1,600 metre race worth $80,000. Why wouldn't you be taking the horses there?
0: Mm. well... Joining us on the line is Mike Beattie The CEO of the Clarence River Jockey Club Up there at Grafton Mike, we've got some uh, fields and information coming out uh, For Ramorny Day And the Cup Day And just uh, as we've been chatting to the boys We've also got David Gately as well You've got David Gately, Chris Roots And also um, Glenn Munsey But Mike, yesterday looked a a great day Coming through via the the television screens Mate, there was a good little crowd there And they enjoyed the day's racing
4: It's uh... It was a terrific day's racing. Very happy with the way the track played. Just to just clear up a couple of little things about um, what you've been discussing there. Uh, this is a, when this race became uh, a heat of the big dance. Um, the racing New South Wales then decided to make this meeting a showcase meeting. So all of a sudden, we went to every race for thirty thousand. Uh, it was a conscious decision, Muns, to not put a country-only race on on this day, and the reason for that was that. We already run a country-only race on Ramony Day now, a country maiden worth $40,000, and we run a country-only race on Grafton Cup Day, the Class 6 plate, worth $50,000. So we just thought it was getting a little bit too restrictive. And the other thing is, with the program that had already been set for this meeting, we thought if we made it a country-only race, it would only draw away from those other two country races. So that was the reason that there was no country race yesterday. Uh, but, but as a trade-off against that, race in New South Wales enabled us to actually divide a race at a showcase meeting. So there was plenty of money thrown about yesterday, apart from the main race. And I, just one other point I'd like to make. If you go back and look at the quality horses and the trainers that were winning South Grafton Cups... In the 80s and the 90s, when we're talking horses like Prince Trialia, who went on to win at Group 1, this uh, addition of these conditions to this race is really only a step back to the future. It's not that long ago that the South Grafton Cup was always a race like this.
1: And Michael, the fact that it did go to a showcase meeting because the big dance qualifier was the South Grafton Cup, in my opinion, makes it a deeper meeting and a better meeting.
4: It makes it a deeper meeting. It makes it a better meeting, and and it essential it essentially puts an extra thirty five thousand dollars in pri- or thirty thousand dollars in prize money for the day that in, at the bulk level is distributed amongst country trainers. So I had one runner yesterday um, he earned fifteen hundred dollars running fourth. So you know it, 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 you know it's not just about what you what you get as, as a winner, though But with it being a country showcase, they're paying seven hundred and twenty five to ten. Let me tell you, you have four or five runners in a day like that as a country trainer, uh, and it'll put a fairly good smile on your owners'
0: faces. Mike, what about uh, just what Chris Roots was touching on before, with uh, you know looking ahead to the future and tweaking, etc. Uh, oh. The scratch, the scratching situation. Would you like to see um, a change of that in the future, where if there are significant scratchings, uh, we can have other horses taking those positions?
4: look, we ran into a bit of bad luck, and I'm not going to tell lies because it's not what I do. Uh, Racing New South Wales gave me permission on Thursday to have six emergencies. That decision, unfortunately, we had to backflip on because we realised at about one minute past nine that nowhere in the northern rivers... We have a 21 and 22 saddle cloth. Let me guarantee you that will be remedied next week. The CRJC will own a 21 and 22 saddle cloth straight away, uh, which will get us up to six. The, against the, the only argument against having too many emergencies, and it, it's something that is that people lose sight of. But when you're sitting in my chair and you watch how horses are scratched um, year on, uh, you know, meeting after meeting you look at the scratchings that came out of yesterday's race meeting, um, the scratchings were all coming out from well, the bulk of the scratchings. I won't say all, but the bulk of the scratchings were all coming out from very very wide barriers. So that when you, when you do a count back, we lost the horses drawn in 20, 19, 18, 17, 16. So we lost those four outside gates. I would put to you the argument that had we gone to 21 and 22, we'd have lost those two horses as well. So sometimes what you think you're going to achieve, you don't always achieve.
0: What about the Ramorny? Uh, listed on Wednesday. Now, when have you got acceptances with you at the moment? Or
4: Yes, yeah, got, the, got the acceptances, but we're not at final field stage because, uh, as Munns would recall, because he's been up here a few times, we actually have a barrier draw luncheon which goes off at 11 o'clock. Unfortunately, uh, okay. with Munns not coming this year, the catering bill has dropped significantly. Um, as the but, drink so bill. We've, we've got, uh, we'll end up with a final field of 16 in the Ramorny with four emergencies. And the Grafton Cup, not sort of up that, that strong as far as numbers are concerned, but we have ended up with a final field of 11 in the Grafton Cup. But those barrier draws will not come out until after 11 o'clock.
0: Can you let now, us know
4: what the field is? Yes, I certainly can. Yep. Uh, so if i And this hasn't been double-checked by the stewards, so stick with me a little bit if you can. But yep. the field, the top 16 are Jim Song for Chris Lees, Hollyfield, Annabelle Neesham, Desert Lord, David Van Dyke, Hard Empire from Team Edmonds. Prime Candidate, Jean Baker. Southern Lad, John O'Shea. Rangers and King of Sparta from Team Snowden. Surreal Step, Brad Whittup. Fender, Brett Kavanagh. Freddie Foxtrot, Les Kelly. Grey Worm, Neville Boyle. Uh, go Goal, Les Kelly. Sir Rocket, Heathcote. At Wits End, Owen Blue. Pandora Blue, Christian Buchanan make the top 16. And the four emergencies look like, look like being Gatsby from Brett Lazzarini, Riva del Sol Con Caracatanis, McCormick, Tracy Bartley and Cassie's sister, Troy O'Neill. So that's the Ramorny field in its entirety. If, uh, if there's... Uh, I haven't mucked anything up. And in the Grafton Cup, it is Smart Meteor, Chris Muntz, Bold Contender, Andrew Paramore, Bertabeck, John O'Shea, Dr. Dr Drill, Kiramar David Eustace, Ballistic Boy, Chris Anderson, Youth Spirit, Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott, Arapaho, Bijan Baker, Alec Khan, Richard and Will Friedman, Re, Rebel Rama, Mark Connors, Honourable Spirit, John Smurden, and Rahan, Julie Pratt.
0: Fantastic. There you go. Muns, Runa and also David Cately down there in Melbourne. We've been talking a bit of Grafton. Uh, Chris, that's a, that's a quality lineup there for both the Ramoni and the Cup.
2: Yeah, some, some handy horses there and... Um... I'm sure as usual uh, there'll there'll be some um very good betting on those races once the once the field final field is declared after eleven o'clock and look forward to seeing the barrier draw. And um unfortunately we won't be there this year so you'll have to represent us at the Calcutta and um, buy one because that's the tradition. The the pressman at um at the um barrier at the Calcutta has to buy a horse, isn't it, Michael?
4: Yeah, they've got to spend as much money as they possibly can yeah. because the great thing about the media, is, Chris, as you well know, you you are certainly paid at the top end of the scale, so you've got plenty of disposable income. Just quickly before I do go, I, I'm pretty sure, and I've, I, I've got to actually go back and check this, but I think we've only got one race of the support races that isn't at capacity. I think we've got capacity fields in all bar one race, so the fields are absolutely outstanding. Yeah, Thanks Michael, for, speaking of oh, Calcutta's, no,
1: will the Ramorny Calcutta be tonight at the Services Club and the Cup Calcutta tomorrow night at the Services Club?
4: No, that's how it should be, Munns. But no, the, the club, the GDSC have decided to go with the Ramorny Calcutta tomorrow night. It is now the bigger of the two Calcutta's. Um, so it'll be tomorrow night at the GDSC. Unfortunately, there's a little minor sporting event. David Gately mightn't have heard of it. It's called State of Origin. It affects the Cup Calcutta, but it will be on Wednesday night at the GDSC.
1: All right, okay. fantastic. Uh, so anyone, uh, Dave? Uh, have you been to the Grafton District Services Club before, Dave?
4: No,
0: I haven't. Uh, this mention is my be... name at the
1: door, Dave. If You've yep. got any trouble whatsoever? Uh, mention my name at the door, and uh, you'll have to find another
0: establishment. Yeah. I've been given a. I've been given a few tips on the meeting. Uh, I've also been tipped into the ham and gravy rolls. Apparently, oh, they go. Uh, th- they go enormous. Yeah. The ham and gravy rolls, and I'm told the beer is nice and cold as well. So I'm looking forward. To getting yeah, up to, to Graf- Graf- you'll find yourself far away from the marquee Dave alongside the mounting yard there at
1: Grafton the majority of the day very great company there Graham Green uh, say good morning to Graham and all the committee there at the Grafton <laughs> district uh, sorry the Clarence River jockey club and Michael um, look after my mum if you wouldn't mind
4: as we always do mums as we always do Thanks,
0: Michael. Michael Beattie from the Clowns River Jockey Club. I'll bring David Gately back in here because there are some texts before we get some horses to follow. Um, Gator, just a few punters here wanting to know your thoughts on uh, Moods' uh, winner, uh, Peter Moody's winner, in the first there um, at Caulfield on the weekend. And also, too, I see some news filtering through on the socials that we won't see incentivised this spring, which is a bit of a bit of a shame, but hopefully he's back all good in the autumn.
3: Yeah, fingers crossed for Incentivise, I read the same thing recently and you're always disappointed at you when, when some of those elite equine athletes uh, won't be there in the spring, but um, yeah, fingers crossed. This, this uh, two-year-old could tell that you referenced, did a really good job. Look, I know it was an on-pace dominated race, but um, plenty of merit on the clock to win that race. There are a couple of 1,100-metre races on the day and for a late-season two-year-old, um, her, she measured up really well on the clock, so something to be excited about there.
2: Boys, um, just on that we'll day, go. on that, yes, uh, ma'am? That, that horse day, um, tell, as Mandy can worked for um, AAP for a long time. It was written by Linda Meach. Now, on Saturday, um, we finally got to um, scatter the ashes of Carol Williamson, who was the a- 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 AAP racing editor for 25 years. She died a couple of years ago and sort of been waiting to get everyone back so we could have a little ceremony before the first. And Mandy said to me, she said, oh, I'm going to back Linda Meach today. They because Carol always backed Linda Meach. Unfortunately, she didn't look at the first race and see a horse named Cattell, not spelt the same way, with Linda Meach on it. And I think Carol was up there. She'd be filthy on on um on Mandy for not having a having a little little bet on that, and she would have been cheering loudly. And she's now um, got a pride of place in the new press centre there, Carol, with a photo looking over all of us. And it's um she was the matriarch of the press room, and she's um. Very sorely missed.
0: Well said, Chris. Horses to follow. Uh, we might go to you first, David gately What's some, some horses we can put in the black book to follow throughout the next couple of weeks and months?
3: Yeah, look, outside of the the obvious and, and, and a couple of those winners, and you know, it, not many two-year-olds are running quicker time than the Monash Stakes. So, um, interestingly, Patel was probably the second pick of that stable off the trials. There's the horse called Tappan, something? Other they scratched it, keep an eye out for it. Of those we saw on Saturday, um, I think, uh, uh, speaking of Peter Moody, I think a filly called Cy um, was a difficult watch when you're doing the replay. I think she may well have won that race. With even, like, Form Guide will say she ran about 10th. And a horse called Tavy Dance. He'll step to sixteen hundred in his next start. He'll be third up. And I think he's about ready to fire.
0: Chris, any horses to follow?
2: I think um, you can follow true crime, crime, Hopefully it has one more, It probably come back to town and be very competitive. I think that two-year-old race might be a little bit deep, so just the one for me, true crime.
1: Uh, Gator, was that horse Tapping 3 that was yeah, scratched that did... in the first race on Saturday?
2: He ran
3: about, she trialled the same day as Cattell went about five lengths quicker than her, um, and, uh, yeah, they scratched her and saved, obviously, Gattell won well, so I'll be keeping a close, close eye out for this uh, two-year-old when I said.
1: Righty-o. Fantastic. Tappan 3 by ZooStar out a Brigitte, uh, owned by Rick Jamison's Gilguy Farm.
0: Outstanding. Gentlemen, thanks for being part of the show today. Looking forward to the week ahead. Gator, outstanding stuff as always, mate. Uh, appreciate you uh, your chiming in. There have been also some more texts on the text line about um, Dean Lester. And uh, as I said, to, to start the program, I did mention that Dean has been obviously a crook. He's been in the wars, but uh, from speaking to him, he is on the mend and as soon as he is back... Uh, and able to join us on the, not only Punters Post Boredom, but other parts of Sky uh, Racing and Sky Sports Radio. He will be back, and our thoughts are, are with Dino, etc. But, uh, Gator, well done today, mate. Thanks for coming on. Chris, good luck to you this week, mate, on the punt and muns. Good to have you back on board, mate. We need you back on the panel this Friday, mate, to teach these young fellas another lesson, mate. They were they were tipping up these chief out tones and all sorts oh, of things. Oh, jeez, I hope there's a Melbourne Aussie
1: on Saturday, Dave. And speaking <laughs> of Gator, actually got my photo taken with one up at Port Douglas uh, when I was up there at a round of golf at Port Douglas and the, uh, the gator come out of the pond just to get his photo taken
2: with me. Fantastic. Obviously, has good taste because it didn't bite you. <laughs>
1: no. No, there's a couple of disappointed people in the party that wanted it to bite me anyway. Uh, I played up there with a bloke, guys. He, he's bringing a concept here. You'll like this, Chris, called Survivor Golf. Survivor uh, Golf. Look it up. Survivor Golf. Yeah. Now, yeah now very, very usually travel and he's well, bringing it to well. Royal Bankstown Golf Club, Chris. So, well, hang on! What is Survivor
0: using... Golf, Muns? You can't leave us hanging like that. Oh, it's, because... it's a two-man Ambrose,
1: Dave. Um, right? Two-man Ambrose, and uh, Survivor Golf. Like, it, there's a playoff. Uh, that's why they call it Survivor. It's the last. Well, it's the last one to, um, last you know, to crash end. out. Uh, it was on the concept, Golf Show a
2: couple of a couple of weeks ago. If you if you can find that on 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 um, yeah, Paul I was there with uh, it, yeah. Chris Smith. The, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. There you go. Well, thanks. How did you travel Did you get the money like you did on the Gold
0: Coast? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Boys, take this offline. I've got to get to some previews It's seven minutes past 10. Uh, thanks to Chris Reds, Glenn Munsey, and also David Gately in our Melbourne studio. That has been Punners Postmortem. The podcast will be up soon. We'll be back to preview Warren Racing and also Queen Beyonne Racing very shortly.